Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed you're joining us. You know, many of us are familiar with garage sales visited them. Some of us visit them more frequently than others, but I'll leave my wife's name out of this and I'll just leave it at that. But some of us have held or organized garage sales, yard sales and things like that. It's a great way to make a little cash on things you don't really need or in case of my wife, spend a little cash. But it's also a place to meet people from all walks of life. Every person has a story. Every person is someone new. Every person can impart to you some spiritual wisdom, or you can impart to them some spiritual wisdom. Basically, garage sales are win-win situations all the way around. But what if you discovered God came to your garage sale? Oh, praise the Lord. That's not saying he's there to see what you're selling. Okay, but perhaps to help initiate a conversation with someone else, someone who imparts a bit of spiritual wisdom into your life, one comment, one encounter at a time, over and over again, all day long during your garage sale. Each person could be chipping away at your long held belief system that never included God until finally you come face to face with your old beliefs cast aside and you stand face to face with the reality that. God is real. Wouldn't that be exciting? All through a garage sale? Well, that's the premise of what we're discussing today. My guest today is Marnie Hill Fodorero, author of a highly acclaimed, award-winning book titled, God Came to My Garage Sale. Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero is an award-winning, celebrated author, a speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate of education from Northern Illinois University, completed her postdoctoral studies at Harvard, praise God. She had a very successful 35-year career as a high school special education teacher and 12 years as a university adjunct professor. She's also the author of a five-book series entitled True Deceit, false love. She's written numerous articles in magazines and newspapers. She's been interviewed on television and numerous podcasts. Help me welcome to the program, Dr. Marnie Hill Fonerero. Marnie, it is such a blessing for you to take the time and come on our program today. I do appreciate it. Oh my gosh, Pastor Bob, thank you so much for having me on Kingdom Crossroads. I'm so glad to be here with you. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Marnie Hill Fodorero? Well, I am a loving mother of two adult children who are unfortunately alienated from me for close to a decade, but I still identify as a loving mother who is continuing to role model love, compassion, goodness, and light. 
Yeah. So, so that, that's a little bit more about me. I, I guess the intro told you a little bit about my background and, and my academic schooling and all of that. But I did move from a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs mm. to the Caribbean um, oh, at, hey, when yeah. I retired. And I'm really, and feel like I'm immersed in God's beauty. Um, wow. And I get to experience some pretty cool things every day. However, I will say, I kind of had those experiences when I was in the Chicago suburbs. So I feel like I'm someone who can see the beauty of the world and be touched by God's greatness wherever I land. Amen. What made you move to the Caribbean? You know, I well, I had retired from that 35-year career as an educator. And um, I actually left my American dream, you know, I and in doing so. I made a very, very tough decision to leave a marriage after 27 years um, because my values of honesty and love and goodness um, just did not resonate with who I was married to. And I needed to stay true to my integrity and to my values. And, and so I knew I needed to make a change. Plus, at the same time, I had lost everything. I kind of had been living in a false reality for so many years. Um, lost my home to foreclosure, you know, even though I was told it was paid off for over 10 years. Oh my lost goodness. my money, lost my assets. And like I said, the biggest loss of all is my adult, you know, children, my relationship with my children. Even though I really try to look at this as as life lessons and, you know, doing the, the hard work, the research on parental alienation, I believe that knowledge is power. And that really, really helped me um, understand what I was dealing with because my kids were 20 and 23 at the time. And we had, you know, two decades of a loving, wonderful, very normal range, healthy, fun relationship. Um, so I had to understand how adults can be brainwashed to align with someone who, you know, on the basis of a false narrative. And that was extremely eye-opening. But I believe God has my back. And I believe that um, I was shown at this time when I lost everything uh, that started at this garage sale, where I believe God came to, you know, give me messages that I was loved, I was supported, and I would be okay. Amen. And just to stay true to the path of righteousness, the path mm -hmm. of goodness. Amen. And so um, at some point I needed to let go and let God, and I had a choice of where I wanted to live. And um, I wanted to be in the sun and the sea. I wanted to be as close to nature as I possibly could. And here I am in the rainforest of the Virgin Islands, and um, I'm pretty close to nature. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So you were raised in an atheist home. Yes. What caused you to go on a search for God? You know, I believe that I, from my earliest memories, I believe that there had to be something more than what I was told was, you know, the origins of humanity and that type of thing. Um, I just, in my heart of hearts, questioned. And, you know, when I would look at nature, when I would look at human bodies, when I would look at 
the negative things that happen and try to make sense of that. And then also look at the amazing positive things that happen. And, you know, I just, I went on a quest and, you know, really didn't kind of take some of the deeper steps until I got into college when I was, you know, really kind of independent and free and on my own to kind of explore what my belief systems were. And it was during that time, maybe my sophomore year in college, when I stepped into the church for the first time and I um, started attending Presbyterian services um, because a friend had introduced me. Um, he was very involved in, in a regular, you know, attending church and, and being involved. Um, I I resonated so much with what I was experiencing that I actually decided to be baptized and that I did not have the support of my family. Mm. You know, um, that wasn't anything that, you know, meant anything to, to my parents, especially my dad, um, who is a devout atheist um, and someone who has studied philosophy and religions and uh, cultures and, you know, but, but, you know, completely does not believe in anything other than, you know, we just live and die and there's no higher power. And, and then as I got older and I got married um, and started a family, I really wanted our family to be united. So I decided to convert to Catholicism and I went through a year long program um, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the structure and organization of just, you know, knowing that, you know, at least once a week, if not more, I would be able to be exposed to scripture. I would read the Bible. I would, I would learn, you know, various interpretations of different prophetic messages, that type of thing. I ended up being a lector for a number of years. And, um, but I ended up being a lector on my own. I really didn't have the support of, my husband at the time, he, you know, even though he was raised Catholic and his whole family's Catholic, it, it kind of seemed like um, it just wasn't a, a priority for him. It was a little shocking because, you know, I, I at one point I believe that he was involved in the church. And um, so but I did at a very early stage in my children's development, I did decide that I wanted them to be able to talk about God every day in a school setting. And so I did have them um, attend, you know, preschool, kindergarten, all the way through eighth grade in, you know, a, a Christian setting. Okay. And that I, I felt was wonderful, even though I didn't really understand or agree with everything. Um, the pros of doing that really outweighed the cons as far as I was concerned. Um, but after experiencing such challenging life situations, I moved away from organized religion, not my belief in God or Jesus Christ that still remained extremely strong, but I really had a little difficulty with the hypocrisy that is shown in, in some organized religion settings, yeah. uh, certainly believe the community aspect is, is amazing. Um, so, you know, I would say that I've been kind of on a journey, but 
boy, at a time in my life when I lost everything and I could have experienced just the most negative emotions, I was filled with God's love and I was filled with, with hope and gratitude, you know, definitely an attitude of gratitude because I was thankful. You know, I looked at the glass half full, not that I was leaving this beautiful home and, you know, I was losing everything, all my safety and security. And when you're dealing with a domestic abuser, you, you, are subject to a smear campaign where they've already laid the groundwork with your friends, family, neighbors, even people from my church. Yeah. I was very involved in this church and not one person, not one person reached out to me. Mm. You know, um, the priest didn't, you know, none of the people that I was involved with. And that was very telling to me. It was kind of like their silence was actually not only not supportive to me during this challenging time, but it was almost aligning with some sort of false narrative, whatever it was of the abuser. And, but I was filled getting back to the garage sale filled with love. And in my state of deep reflection, I was shown in a multi-sensory way with many different encounters Mm -hmm. that God came to my garage sale. Yeah, when when you held the garage sale, tell us you know some of the the events that happened when you finally realized that God had orchestrated these things during the garage sale. You know, um, there were so many, and I wrote about them in this book. Even though it's a spiritual fiction, you know, um, it is all based on true experiences that that I experienced at the garage sale as well as afterwards. Um, but one very profound experience was I was, you know, standing at the cul-de-sac, looking back at my home again with a, just a feeling of gratitude and everything went into slow motion. And it was almost like I was transported out of my body in a way. It's very hard to use my earthly language to describe what I experienced. But I I was surrounded by a dragonfly and shortly after five dragonflies, which I thought was pretty neat. But within a very short time, I mean, we're talking like seven, eight, nine minutes, I was surrounded by 50 and to what I believe, 100 dragonflies circling me in slow motion, so much so that I could see the veins in the wings, the iridescent colors. I saw different sizes, very specifically, I saw various sizes of dragonflies, which I equated with humans. I equated them with babies and toddlers and teenagers and and young adults and grandparents, all kind of surrounding me with like a virtual hug or a literal hug that I was loved and supported. And that even though I was making a choice to get myself to a place of safety and, and happiness where, you know, I can be true to my values. Um, I was making a good decision. And, and so at some point, and that experience actually was all in slow motion, like I said, and actually most of my experiences are happen when it's like a slow motion. I'm in a state of prayer or gratitude or meditating or something like that. So that was just one of many experiences. Amen. Yeah. I've, I've experienced that slow motion effect myself and it's, it, it, it is hard to describe because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I can go out and fix this real quick, but 
yet you're just observing because it's so weird to be looking at things in slow motion. You're like, what's happening? And that's that's what I ask myself when I, what's happening right now? You know, but but, you're observing you're, you're observing things on a deeper level. Yes, you are. And and actually every single time I've never thought to ask the person next to me, are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> you know, I because yeah. that would be really good to be able to have some more validation. But you just are in this slow motion state and and you really there's no time. In fact, like some of the experiences I had, it felt like it was hours or sometimes even days when really when I came out of the situation, we're only talking five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had it where, you know, I'm trying to actually reach out and I'm, my movement was in slow motion. Yes. Yes. That's that's, yeah. Amen. Amen. So this book, although it's fiction is basically your testimony of how you found God by him using other people to, for lack of a better phrase, to peel back layer after layer of your hardened heart. Yes, yes, it really was. It was just so profound and it it sent me on and I and as someone with an atheist background, I want proof, I want evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, e- you know, even though I was moving towards faith, you know, without, you know, needing confirmation, I don't think I was quite there yet. And I and and I still welcome any kind of confirmation anytime. You know, mm-hmm. I love to hear from God and I believe I do numerous times. I, I'm starting to really pay attention to the signs and synchronicities. Um, you know, just like you had an experience where you heard a voice mm-hmm. saying to start your podcast and you turned around and no one was there. Nobody there. Yeah. Nobody yeah. there. I've had that experience too, where I've heard a voice. And it's not even like um, audible. It's almost like a knowing. But then again, you you hear a voice, mm-hmm. and and no one physically on this earthly plane is there. But it's a hundred percent clear to me yeah. that I was getting a message from God. In fact, one experience that I don't really talk about too much because it, it's you know this is kind of hard for people to understand if they haven't experienced something like this. But at one point at the garage sale, I was looking back at my, my mailbox and I had an interaction with, with one woman. And, you know, that chapter in the book is, is um, the bangled bicycle girl or something like that, because I, I was really focusing on some of these Italian charms and, and, at one point, I saw this woman with all these Italian charms up her arms. But then at a later point, her arms were bare. And it was almost like, okay, I was I was supposed to be paying attention for a reason. But at one point, you know, and there's a lot more to the story, but at one point at the at the mailbox, she was levitated above the ground. And I remember looking and thinking, is there a boulder by my mailbox or is she standing on a crate or something? And there wasn't. And there were tw- exactly 12 people around her mm. looking at her so intently. And I'm thinking to myself, no one's here at my grass sale except that one lady. Where, where did all these people come from? And I didn't even think 
at the time I'm taking it all in, in slow motion again, I didn't even think to walk over to my mailbox and say, Hey everyone, what's going on? What's so interesting here? <laughs> you know, what has everyone's attention? It was more that I was supposed to really observe this. And I really later on in analyzing this situation, you know, felt there was some biblical references here that I was supposed to be paying attention to. Amen. Yeah. And, and, so that was just another one of these amazing experiences that I think all are orchestrated by God for me to awaken Amen. that that there is something something more happening here. Amen. Amen. Tell us about the main character of your book and how she came to the point of holding her garage sale. Well, you know, I based a lot of it on my own experience, even though in the book I don't go into the domestic violence, the narcissistic abuse, the parental alienation. I really, after, I don't know how many edits and revisions to this book, you know, I, I wanted the message to be more about the spiritual miracles as opposed to the person's background. I later went on to address those kind of family trauma issues in my five book series, True Deceit, False Love, not so much on a personal tell-all basis, but more as a reference, as a support, as a creative approach to handle and understand some of these other dynamics. But for this particular book, the first book, you know, I, with the different revisions, ended up making it more not about the background of the character, but more about what she experienced and what happened okay. as a result. But basically, it's about an atheist woman who loses everything and has to have a garage sale. Amen. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, can you share a couple more of the events that transpired during the garage sale? Just a couple yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, not everything happened at that garage sale. I really felt the need to incorporate other spiritual miracles that that I had um, because they all were related. I kind of all, I saw them all as one, um, not so much as individual separate events or only on a Saturday or Sunday at this garage sale. One very profound event um, happened when I wanted to be pregnant with my second child more than anything. And, you know, it, I, I was having a little bit of difficulty, I guess, you know, um, you know, I didn't quite understand, you know, when, when I would, you know, every month get a test back and saying, no, you're not pregnant. And I really, really wanted a child. Um, and what I did one day was decide to really, I've tried everything, you know, I tried all sorts of things to get pregnant. I thought I'm going to try prayer. You know, I don't know why that was an afterthought. Should have been my first, but I like how everyone says that. Well, I'll try prayer. I'll try <laughs> prayer. I mean, but but I'm saying it real, like that is really my thought process at the time. Yeah. And and so I'm just being honest about where I was at, you know, emotionally or spiritually. So I thought I would try prayer. And you know, a, a special person in my life, um, you know, his middle name was Gerard, as were all of his siblings was Gerard, because his mother prayed to St. Gerard, the patron saint of mothers, when she wanted to get pregnant. And I, I just remember that, 
you know, that story. And so I thought I'm going to pray to St. Gerard. And so I, one morning, just, you know, in quiet, didn't share this with anyone, didn't share it with my husband. I just, I just decided to pray to St. Gerard saying, I would love to, being a mother is the biggest joy in my life, the biggest calling that I have. Um, Please, I would like to be pregnant you know, just asking. And so that morning I I got in my car just to drive um, just a couple blocks away. I don't remember exactly what I was going for, whether it was a pregnancy test or whether it was a coffee, you know, Um, I don't quite remember what it was. And I decided to turn on a back road behind the, the little strip mall which normally I would not do. Normally I would just go straight to the light and and turn into the front of the stores. But I turned, you know, it was it was early in the morning. No one is around. There were no cars around. And and all of a sudden I'm take that turn and I am completely cut off by a speeding red Corvette. Mm-hmm. Now in my spiritual fiction, I, I call it a yellow Corvette because I already have another chapter where I'm talking about red cardinals. <laughs> but Really, it was a red Corvette that cut me off out of nowhere, speeding in this tiny little backside. I, I just, it was bizarre, but again, everything went into slow motion, mm. complete slow motion, even though I knew the car was speeding and cut me off. And, you know, if, if, if a car is speeding, you would not notice a license plate. Very clearly, I could see the license plate say Gerard. And I, the feeling that I got was that God was going to answer my prayer and he was going to answer it today. And sure enough, that same day, I found out I was pregnant. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Marnie Hill Fadorero. And we've been talking about her great book, God Came to My Garage Sale. Now, this is an absolutely fabulous book that you just need to add to your reading list. Amen. Marnie was facing some serious situations in her life. And you heard her own testimony. She was raised as an atheist and did not believe in God. But yet, when she was at her worst and wondering what was going to happen, God sent several individual people to her as she was selling off all her belongings. And each of these people ministered to her, not preaching at her, but inspired by the Holy Spirit, just sharing little tidbits of encouragement and a word from the Lord. Taken collectively over that entire day of the garage sale, let's just say the seed was planted. Amen. And and that's really all the Holy Spirit needs. It's just a seed. Amen. Glory to God. Don't get me to preaching now. Amen. But you need to order Marnie's great book, God Came to My Garage Sale. It will inspire you and you may find yourself inspired by God to share it with someone else that you know that our Lord may be putting on your heart. Maybe if not now, maybe at some point in the future to share it with them. Amen. Don't deny someone the opportunity to learn about God and about Jesus just because you didn't want to order a book. Right? Just click the link and order it right now while you're thinking of it. Amen. And be sure to come back in the next episode as we'll be continuing this interview with Marnie Hill Fraterero as we are just, we're, we're really just getting into some good stuff right now and you will not want to miss it. Amen. So until then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.